Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. This is episode 8, and today we are talking about the new Aladdin remake. Yep, out in theaters this Friday, May 24th. Very exciting. Uh, Yet another remake of a Disney animated classic. As always, before we get started on that, let's talk a little bit about the news. I did hear week, a few weeks ago that 63rd Street in New York City mm-hmm. has been renamed as Sesame Street in honor of the show's 50th anniversary. And they revealed that's likely where Sesame Street would be in the world. Okay, so that's why they did it on 63rd Street. Yeah. Awesome. Also, Angry Birds was previewed at the Canes for the Angry Birds movie 2, which is out in theaters August 14th. Interesting. What was the reaction? Do you know? I'm not sure, but it was exciting. And that Josh Gad is excited to be in in the movie again, reprising his role as Chuck. Nice. Also, Nick Park has confirmed a new Wallace and Gromit series is in early stages. Oh, a new series, not a new movie? I'm not sure of a new movie, but new series of continuing the beloved Wallace and Gromit franchise. That's cool. So it'd be like more shorts or like an actual TV show? I'm not sure that. Also, a new game called Minecraft Earth, which is an augmented reality game, will launch this summer, and it'll be similar to Pokemon Go. Nice. So what will you be able to do in this AR game? Like build things. Oh, in in the real world? Yeah. Awesome. Tom McGrath will return as the director of DreamWorks The Boss Baby 2, sequel to The Boss Baby. Mm -hmm. That was released a couple years ago, and it's getting a sequel in a couple years. Okay. This week, there was the first trailer for Maleficent Mistress of Evil. Nice. And when's that coming out? On October 18th, and also the final trailer for Secret Life of Pets 2, out June 7th, and being released for Nintendo Switch on June 28th will be Super Mario Maker 2, the sequel to the Mario game to create your own levels, classic style or modern. Right. And the fun thing is that then you could publish those levels and have anyone around the world play them. Yeah, that's a cool concept for Mario Brothers. Right. Also, I did hear that Arthur's teacher, Mr. Ratburn, from the animated children's show Arthur, has been revealed to be gay. Right. And the latest episode showed his his marriage. Right. Yeah, and it's it's appropriate, I think, in, in some ways that you bring it up for this episode, because we're going to be talking a little bit about representation for Aladdin. Yeah. I didn't realize that Arthur was still on. It's 22 seasons now, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. Also, the revival of Nickelodeon's all that, the skit comedy show, premieres on June 15th. Some other news is that last Sunday was the series finale of Game of Thrones. So that's the end of an era for that show. The series finale had the biggest number of viewers in HBO history. Pretty big deal. And now it's over and people are already talking about what's going to be the next Game of Thrones. I heard they're developing a spinoff. Yeah, I've heard that. Which will be a continuation of the series. Right. And I don't know if this has changed or if they're changing the plans. What I've heard is that they're preparing to do a prequel spinoff that focuses more on the characters of Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon when they were younger. Got it. That will be interesting to see if that comes to fruition. Otherwise, you know, HBO is scrambling to figure out how to keep subscribers. Yeah. Um, A lot of people, I'm sure, just subscribed to HBO specifically for Game of Thrones. So that'll be interesting to watch. And I'll give out more news in the next episode. So that means it's now time for our feature presentation. Great one who summons me, I stand by my oath 
Loyalty to Wishes 3. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out! You done wound me up. You ain't never had a friend like me. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in Make Me a Prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Y'all see my palace? You look like a prince on the outside. But I didn't change anything on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? As we mentioned, Aladdin, the remake, is coming out this Friday. Yep. It is a live-action remake of the original. The original came out when exactly? November 25th of 1992. So almost 27 years between the original and the new one, which I think is interesting. This is something that we'll talk about because even though as a remake, the movie might not be that different from the original... The world has definitely changed and our perspectives on things like race and gender and representation have evolved a lot since then. So I think that'll be interesting to explore. But before we get into all that good heavy stuff, let's talk about the cast and crew of the new movie. So who's directing this movie? Directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah, he's... More well-known, I think, for rated R movies. But this now, this time, he's directing a family movie. Right, so that's a very interesting choice. After well, directing yeah. many movies for mature audiences. Exactly. So we'll see how that plays out. If saying that Aladdin is going to be, this new Aladdin is going to be mature or intended for mature audiences. It's rated PG, though. Right. Which the old one, like the other remakes of classics, it's rated PG. Right. The cast features a predominantly Middle Eastern cast, I believe. Mina Masood as Aladdin, the title character. Right. Naomi Scott is playing Princess Jasmine. She is half British and half Indian, I believe. Yep. Marin Kanzari as Jafar. Of course. Will Smith as the genie, the funny blue guy who can grant wishes. When some of the first trailers came out for Aladdin, depicting Will Smith as the genie, a lot of people (laughs) weren't so sold on the idea that Will Smith was a good choice or good casting for the genie. It was a negative backlash from fans. Right. Especially fans of the original animated classic. Yeah, because Robin Williams, just just the voice and the look of the genie is so iconic. I think it caught people off guard to see an actual live person play the genie who didn't sound like Robin Williams. And also the fa- the cartoony face of the genie looks like looks like his actor Robin Williams. Right, right. And so that I think was a big change for a lot of people. 
So we say it's a live action film, but in fact, when Will Smith is... He's not painted blue. It's just, it's computer generated. Right. It's all CGI. It's motion capture. And actually, could you explain to people what motion capture is? Like a special kind of technology when people do videos and then they like digitalize it. Yeah. So you'll see sometimes these sort of behind the scenes where they'll put little dots all over a person's body and face and Mm. they'll record the actor going through in a way in like the style of legendary filmmaker robert zemeckis did he do motion capture like polar express Mm -hmm. yeah so those cases where they have the real actors they shoot that footage and then digital artists basically come in and create a cgi rendering of that performance yeah another good example of this is Gollum from lord of the rings he was all motion capture, so they had a real person, and then they came in and used CGI to create Gollum. Kind of like that also is the Lion King remake out in a couple months. That's true. Will Smith has talked a lot about how he's tried to make the role his own, because he doesn't want to try to copy Robin Williams. You can't copy Robin Williams. And so he wants to create his own character of the genie that while it is paying homage to the original genie, it's still distinctly his own. Also, some of the other cast is that Navid Nagaban will play the Sultan. Mm -hmm. And Alan Tudyk, who's been a recurring voice in many animated films from Disney lately, He's voicing Iago. Mm-hmm. And Frank Walker, who's been known for doing a lot of like voices for characters who don't talk, right. is reprising his roles as Abu, um, the Cave of Wonders, and Raja, Jasmine's Tiger. And who is the Cave of Wonders to for people who might not remember the original film? The, like the tiger god from a cave filled with treasures, and like when Aladdin was set in there by Jafar, disguised as an old prisoner. Right. They said the rule, only touch the lamp, don't touch anything else. Right. And before we get into the original film, talking about the original film, a majority of the characters, of the live action characters, are played by people of color. Whether it's Middle Eastern, Indian... African American or Caucasian... Well, not so. That's the that's the thing. Actually, is that one of the roles in this movie is played by a white actor. His name is uh, I'm gonna mispronounce his last name. Billy Magnuson. He's playing a prince who's a suitor for Jasmine, and he's from Europe. And when it was revealed that there was gonna be a white character in this movie, a lot of people got angry. And there's this term that's been used a lot recently called whitewashing. Yeah. And what whitewashing refers to is this idea of taking a story that is either about people of color or is set in a place where people of color are the majority of the population. But despite these things, a lot of the roles end up going to white people. Some recent examples of this, of films that were accused of whitewashing, there was that film called Exodus by Ridley Scott. Was that a classic film? No, it was not well received at all. And uh, and there's a lot of criticism against Is that an old movie? No, no, no. It was a recent movie. When did it come out? It came out, I want to say, in 2016. I'm not sure. Go on in. But it's a recent movie about the story of Exodus. It was not well received because mm. the film wasn't very good. But it also got a lot of criticism. Exodus Gods and Kings? Um, yes, I believe that's the one. Uh, it got a lot of criticism because... 
a lot of the roles in the film, even though it was set in Egypt, a lot of the lead roles were played by white people. Christian Bale played the role of Moses, and a lot of people criticized that for quote-unquote mm. whitewashing a story that is predominantly about people of color. I see. People are a lot more sensitive about that sort of thing. And I think that's a good point to bring up with the new Aladdin, because the old Aladdin, if you look at the cast, I'm pretty sure the majority, if not all the voice actors in the original Aladdin were white people. With a live action remake of Aladdin, you know, they have to be accurate to that culture that they're depicting this film in. Why do you think people care about representation a lot more? Because almost everywhere now it's equal. Right. Or people are trying to push for equality. And they don't want any racism or sexism or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of these bigger studios like Disney are very sensitive to the fact that, you know, they want more representation. Because if you look at the movies that Disney has pushed out, a majority of them have white leads. So definitely there's been a lot of changes mm -hmm. and a lot more focus on trying to get more representation. That's especially a big concern for a film like Aladdin, which is set in a... In, uh, in the Middle East thousands of years ago. Right. Where you probably wouldn't see many white people walking around day like, to day. Like most animated Disney classics, it's based on an old story called Arabian Nights. Do you know about the original story or have you read the original story? I know. It's the original story. I've actually read the original Arabian Nights story yeah, I see, with um, Aladdin. And the thing about Aladdin is that in the original story, he's kind of a jerk. He's just not a good guy in any shape or form. But, but a lot of other ver adaptations they did and they made him a nicer person. There are a lot of like animated classics from Disney like based on fairy tales and things, which... The names of characters are only in their version. It's not, they don't have the same name in the original or other versions. And even beyond that, just the characters themselves are changed in either subtly or dramatically. Like some of the classics based on stories by the Brothers Grimm mm -hmm. are not the same as the originals that are dark and don't have happy endings or happily ever afters like the ones we probably know. Right. It's interesting, over centuries, a lot of classic stories and like fairy tales were changed and made happier with happy endings they called happily ever afters. Yeah, that's a good point. Why Why do you think filmmakers aim for something that's happier and a little more... So it can be appealing toward audiences and readers. Yeah, it's interesting that these fairy tales, that they were written to, to teach lessons, right? Yeah. Children, and basically to, to scare children into doing certain things, like either to like listen to your parents. Yeah, like for instance, uh, like Little Red Riding Hood and Pinocchio are cautionary tales. Exactly. Yeah, I think it the, definitely the appeal is a big part of it. It's easier to get people to see a movie over and over and over when it has a happy ending versus when a movie is dark. And sad. And sad. But a lot of Disney's versions of these fairy tales have also been funny and comedic. Same with the Bible. Like, the original Bible is very dark and disturbing, but there are a lot of family-friendly versions of the Bible. Same idea with fairy tales. The original Aladdin, it's a very light-hearted comedy musical. Definitely buoyed by having the likes of Robin Williams, who at the time was one of the greatest comedians alive. The original film was released in 1992, and it was Disney's 31st animated feature. Mm -hmm. It was directed by John Musker and Ron Clements, which three years before they directed The Little Mermaid. 
And it was also the last film that Howard Ashman was involved with. And who's Howard Ashman? He was a playwright and lyricist. He collaborated with Alan Menken on Beauty, Little Mermaid, Beauty, and the Beast, and Aladdin. Did he compose the music or he just wrote the lyrics? Wrote the lyrics for Aladdin, and he previously did it with Beauty and the Beast and the Little Mermaid. Right, and he was definitely renowned for that because specifically for Aladdin, Aladdin won two Academy Awards for both original score and best song for Whole New World. Let's contextualize a little bit when this movie came out. It was during that period of time where... Of the Disney Disney renaissance. When they were already making successful animated features after of a dark age of some unsuccessful films like The Black Cauldron since Walt's death in 1966. Right, yeah. There was a period of time where Disney was really struggling to find its own path after Disney, uh, Walt Disney passed away, and there were some flops and some films that were critically panned. Well, yeah, before Little Mermaid, one was successful financially at the time, but it got a mixed response, was Oliver and Company. As you said, Disney released Little Mermaid, and then they followed that up with Beauty and the Beast, and then Aladdin. And then their most successful of all, The Lion King. Right, and so it's just one classic after another, and that I feel like in a lot of ways that that helped turn Disney into the juggernaut that it is today. Just to have, it's like the same way that Pixar, for a lot of people, can do no wrong. Because their early string of films were so good and so well received. And so were a lot of the Disney films now. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that the films that Disney produced after Lion King weren't as well received. But that almost didn't really matter because they... Not necessarily that they could coast, but just that fans of Disney were geared in such a way to just love whatever came out. And I think that yeah. that really helped the yeah. studio out. Some were like cultural, like, and like about racism, like Pocahontas. And some were a little dark, like the Hunchback of Notre Dame and, and like Hercules, which was action packed and, and was very heroic and right. Mulan about feminism. Right. And Tarzan was based on a classic literary story. Right. It was a very interesting time when Aladdin came out and this continued success of one hit after another for Disney. Yeah. And when and Aladdin came out. 1995, one other film that came out that year two other films was a goofy movie from Di- from the discontinued Disney Toon Studios and Toy Story right so what did you like about the original film like what stood out to you the really catchy memorable songs like One Jump Ahead, Friend Like Me, A Whole New World, Prince Ali, and Arabian Nights, the song in the beginning of the movie. Right. Also, the funny characters like Abu the monkey and Raja the tiger and the genie and even Iago the parrot because he he spoke in a really funny voice. He was voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. He has a very over-the-top voice and we hear how iago is very talkative and really loud and we just think he's a funny bird yeah so you had a lot of talented voices coming in with iconic characters in one direction or another and yeah and i think it it really appealed to a lot of people aladdin was a success and it did get two direct-to-video sequels from the discontinued Disney Toon Studios called Aladdin Return of Jafar and and another sequel called Aladdin and the King of Thieves. It also got a TV show. While the genie was voiced by Robin Williams in the first movie and the third movie, he was voiced by Dan Castellanata in the in Return of the Jafar in the TV show. Yeah, there was actually some controversy about that because Robin Williams 
he agreed to do the film for the minimum salary that he could. He didn't return as the genie until Aladdin and the King of Thieves, the second direct-to-video sequel in 1996. Well, what I'm saying, Ezra, is that he was angry because he had made these stipulations that he didn't want to be used in marketing. And basically, Disney just went back on their word and... He was so angry about that that he refused to come back for the second film. But by the time of the third film, there is a new head of Disney. uh, Mark Eisner. Yeah. Like he apologized publicly to Robin Williams. Or actually it wasn't, it wasn't a Mark Eisner. Not yet. It was um, Joe Roth who came in as the chairman. At that point, Williams then agreed to come back for the third film. I see. Interesting. Yeah. We can assume that the remake is going to be very similar in a lot of different ways to the original. But what do you think is going to be different about the remake from the original? Hmm. Some additional songs. For instance, the Beauty and the Beast remake from two years ago had some additional songs. So we can expect the same for Aladdin, you think? Yeah, um, Abu the monkey will look like a real capuchin monkey, but he's computer generated. And Iago will look like a computer generated macaw, which even though he's that kind of a bird, they're not found in the Middle East, they're found in South America. Right. There has been times, like in animated films... When they had animals wherever they take place in the world, but in real life, they're not found there. Like, there have been anteaters who are minor characters in The Lion King, but they're not found in Africa, they're found in South America. Also, I heard that Will Smith's version of Friend Like Me will be more, like, hip-hop-like than the original. Yeah, that's that's something I've read, that he talked about how when he first approached the role, he was basically terrified because he didn't know how he was going to make it his own. But on the first day that he came in, they were just sort of playing around with that song, Friend Like Me, and he kind of approached it and gave it a more of a hip-hop vibe. And he's like, that was the moment I figured out who this character was going to be for me. Obviously, Will Smith has a background as a musician. He's released a couple of albums, I think. Not perhaps the most well-received rapper out there, but he um, he certainly has that background at the very least. Yeah, I know that Aladdin is was adapted also into a Broadway musical in 2014. And I saw it once, and I thought it was good and really funny. And it was clever also. Mm-hmm. Some of the Easter eggs I remember in Aladdin, like on a tower which had a stack of animal figures. One of them was the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. One scene is the genie's face turns into Pinocchio. Another part when the genie is like acting as a waiter, he looks through the menu and one of them that pops out is Sebastian from Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, some fun Easter eggs in the original. It'd be interesting to see if either those Easter eggs make an appearance in the remake or if they add to the new Aladdin. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Anything else you're excited to see in the new film? What it'll be like and what the additional songs will be. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if they live up to the original songs. And what Yago will sound like in this movie will be really funny. Right. I'm sure. Okay. So I think that'll be it for our episode on Aladdin. Again, it comes out this Friday. Yep. And we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. So that'll be it for this episode. But before we go away, we have some trivia questions. So first, to answer last week's trivia question, 
The Simpsons originally appeared as a series of shorts on a variety sketch show. What was the name of that show? The Tracy Ullman Show. It was a sketch comedy show starring comedian and actress Tracy Ullman. Mm -hmm. And the original short segments, which there were 48 of them, Mm -hmm. from 1987 until 1989, The Simpsons looked very different than what we know today. And Homer's voice sounded very different than what what he sounds like. Was it a different actor? Well, it was the same actor, Dan Castellanata, but the voice for Homer at the time was so different then. So it hadn't been fully realized quite yet. And also at the time, he, like, the original Simpsons were a little creepy. <laughs> and Homer was sounded, at the time, wasn't as lovable then, or as, because it sounded a little meaner compared to today. Well, here we are, the whole family, all together, sharing, getting to know each other, exchanging ideas, stories, and laughs, snuggling up, bonding together as only a tightly knit family can. Why, we're more than a... Dad, you can stop now. Commercial's over and the show's back on. Oh. Oh, yeah. Our Homer, who's bald and not, not very smart, but lovable. Right. And it is always worth mentioning that The Simpsons is still going. And it's the 30th anniversary. Right. After 30 years, it's still going. So it's crazy to think that it started just as a sketch and now it's turned into such a cultural icon. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the answer for last episode's trivia question. Now for this episode's trivia question. What was Mickey Mouse's original name? That is a great question. I don't know it. Do you know it? I do, but I'll (laughs) tell you in the next episode. If you know the answer, either send us an email or shoot us a comment on our Facebook page and let us know. That is it for this episode. Animation and Beyond is written and produced by Ezra Fieldsmeyer and Casey Cantrell with music by Noam Fieldsmeyer. We'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast. Got a comment, question, or recommendation for future episodes? Let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page or send us an email at animationbeyond at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation Beyond. Bye! Hasta la vista! (laughs) 